It's the Meg John and Justin podcast. Yay. Yay. Awesome. Old school. Woo. Hello. Hi. Hello. Uh, you are listening to our free feed on SoundCloud. Thank you so much for tuning in. I mean, you're not tuning in, are you? you well, is it, is it still tune- tuning in? No, there's no you're tuning in. But it would be nice if there was tuning in. Yeah. I would like it for people to be like, uh, twiddling knobs twiddling on knob their old fashioned oh, stereos oh it's Meg John and Justin we must stay on oh, this channel yeah, yeah it's like four, it's four o'clock on Wednesday afternoon Radio 1 yeah no, no. Radio anyway four, what radio, which one would we be on it'll be Radio Two? 4 wouldn't it I don't know if I want to be on Radio 4 I prefer to be on Radio 5 Live I've yeah. been on 5 Live okay let's do 5 Live we should yeah. do a late night I would love to do late night phone in yeah but then I'd have to do the voice that you don't like like no, I don't. I don't <laughs> dislike the voice. I don't dislike the voice. It just came it's, as a surprise. It's inappropriate. Yes. <laughs> I went on a, um, uh, a a Five Live um, phone in, like a sex phone in, late night love oh, phone wow. in last year, late last year. Yeah. And um, on Five Live, because I'm really into sports, they yeah. have a program called Six O Six, which uh-huh. is. Uh, because it usually would go out at six minutes past six, and it's like a football phone-in right. where everyone was talking about the games. And I said, well, this should be a regular feature. You could call it Sex 06. Nice! That's so smart. Yeah. Or 606. Sex. Anyway. 606. But um, they didn't do it. Oh, what a shame. Well, it, it's still but it time. went really well. We could, we could do that for them. Yeah. 606. Uh, if there are any producers at Five Live listening And then people us. could tune in. Exactly. Yeah. And they could tune in. Yeah, absolutely. And it'd be great. <laughs> that... I, I, I would actually like that. Yes. So. Just, you know, FYI. <laughs> um, okay, so we've got another question, MJ. Yes. We've got, uh, we're going to, we've done, we think we've quite deliberately done topics recently, but a few questions have been backing up, so I think the next few might be questions. Yeah, it's ones. really nice. We love them. I mean, you know, it's a topic too, but it's nice to dig into a specific question. Yeah. So this person's. Before we go on, let me just flag up the Patreon. Oh, so yes, if yes, you want yes. to hear, so we have just done another uh, question for a dear gentle listener, but for our Patreon feed, yeah. if you want to listen to that, you need to sign up to our Patreon. This from, was about non-binary, being non-binary and dating. Yeah, and, and we it thought gold. it was good. Yeah, yeah some we good were stuff pleased. In it. Yeah, uh, so. You won't have heard MJ's voice. MJ did the voice. Yeah, like if you want to hear my apparently dominant voice... <laughs> Fits. that got Justin into fits of giggles before we'd even started the podcast, then you can find it on our Patreon. Like, there you I go. Didn't, just, just to be clear, I didn't find it funny because it was, it was just new. It was a new it's voice. Just a new, it was just a shock. It's all, it's all it good. It was the surprise. Yeah. You, you know, it's nice because, you know, we're constantly changing and yeah. I have to just be curious about the Meg John that is in front of me rather Hasht- than hashtag my... Hashtag plural pride. Exactly. This is what happens when you're podcasting with a plural person. Yeah. yeah. And so... Um, yeah, so it's you know nice to that we're all changing. I mean, I'm I'm just the same. I'm very dull. I feel like you evolved. <laughs> I think you've evolved muchly since the start of our podcast. <laughs> so you need to sign up to our Patreon yeah. if you want to hear that one. Patreon.com forward slash Meg John and just stay from just a dollar a month or whatever you can afford. Yeah, and you can hear all of our content every other week. Will be for patrons, and we're still doing this free feed on our SoundCloud, which you're listening to right now. Yes. Um, so we have a question. So we've touched on asexuality a few times um, on our podcast, and mm. one of the things we feel hopefully quite proud of in Enjoy Sex How and Then If You Want To mm-hmm. is you know that we uh, made sure that it was ace inclusive as yeah. much as possible. Um, so somebody has who, someone who's um, identifying as asexual is has write, written in about kind of how how you know 
if you're asexual versus that um the lack of sexual attraction or desire might be down to trauma mm. or like both or you know like what's the relationship between asexuality and trauma um and yeah i'm, I'm it's there. such an interesting and potentially complicated area isn't mm-hmm. it and we were chatting i, I was felt all kinds of anxious about like answering mm. us beforehand but we've kind of written the notes and we're feeling a lot yeah, better about it but i think it feels less anxious to me because i feel located in both those arenas so i definitely had a decade where i would have used asexual or certainly asexual spectrum to describe yeah. myself and also definitely have experienced trauma both, both sexual and otherwise so yeah like i feel competent ish <laughs> to, to go there um but yeah we want to do a bunch of caveats up front because yeah the, the clearly where we don't want to go is you know people are asexual because of trauma and yep. they should sort out their trauma and then they won't be asexual anymore because asexual is awesome thing to be yeah. you know there's absolutely nothing wrong with being asexual and it, it isn't necessarily related to trauma so we're, we're going to do yeah. some caveats first yeah. and yeah. then we'll yeah. get into the yeah. question so that's yeah yeah that's that's the that's the one of the first caveats isn't it so we'll keep saying ace is ace i'm sure other people ace is ace all the way through we just yeah. keep coming back to that because it is yeah and actually you know i argue in a lot of the writing i'm doing about sexuality now that perhaps one of the one of the groups that we can learn the most from about sex and consent is the asexual community asexual yeah. community and sex workers like that's who we should be listening to yeah. right yeah yeah so well that's the thing that really informed our, our book i think and yeah. really uh um really helped with my practice with bish as well mm-hmm. like when you can say sorry we'll, uh, uh, we'll come we'll, we are going to start the question start, starting with like a massive big up for the ace community is definitely worth um, doing yeah. yeah but it was it was very helpful for me i think um mm certainly uh, uh ace folk like my website ace young folk like bish because it is explicitly yeah. including ace folk but the ability to say look um you might not be interested in sex either now for a bit or pretty much forever yeah and that's all totally fine yeah is that kind of the thing that so many young people need to hear in this overwhelmingly sex positive yeah yet also uh critical society that we're living in and it's just like you can I always get the sense of like a collective sigh of relief when people are being yeah. told that, that you don't have to absolutely because as we actually we ended the last podcast the patreon one saying that you know a lot of people are not enjoying sex um yeah. and i think you know where i've got to recently for consent is like you, for consent to happen you have to know that it's okay not to do the thing yeah. like now or ever and nothing's contingent on you doing the thing whatever the thing is in this case sex so yeah. you know again what we can all learn from ace folk is that it is absolutely okay to never have sex yeah. um, and certainly to not have it in any particular occasion big time yeah um and yeah my first my first uh, i guess that's one caveat but another caveat is that um you know another thing i'm sort of thinking about in the recent writing i'm doing on sexuality is is kind of going off my other co-creator alexi and taffy who some mm-hmm. people will have heard on this podcast um before talking about gender Alex is talking about gender as a form of intergenerational trauma Mm. so that the messages around gender that we get passed on down the generations that are really bad for people Mm. limited ideas about what it means to be a man and a woman Mm. you could see that as a form of intergenerational trauma trauma passed down the generations and I've been thinking well what about the messages we receive about sex you know that we've often talked about on the podcast a lot of the stuff that's in mainstream sex advice Mm. we could see that as a form of intergenerational trauma that we're passing down so that often people's early sexual experiences or maybe even all of their sexual experiences mm-hmm. are pretty traumatic because they're yep. trying to do things that they don't really want to do yep. and they are hurting themselves so yep. you know again we could kind of flip it and say like actually a lot of people's experiences of sex 
and sexuality are traumatic mm-hmm. and maybe again what we can learn from asexuality is like you you don't do things if it's not feeling <laughs> you know if you're not feeling yeah. it yeah. and uh, you know in a way a lot of asexual people are kind of ahead of the game on this because they're not trying to put themselves through something that's mm-hmm. kind of perpetuating trauma yeah um so yeah. one in ten young women regularly have painful sex yes uh, which I, I find that figure just it depresses the fuck out of me because yeah. we are passing down those messages I and mean, we've talked about this but yeah. of uh, compulsory sex and yeah. compulsory penis and vagina sex so people are having painful sex they're having unwanted sex they're having non-consensual sex they're having mediocre sex as yeah. Peggy Kleinplatz refers to it you know all kind. you know how many people are actually having really enjoyable sex yeah. you know probably pretty minimal so let's not see like let's not yeah I think that that Definitely in, in psychology and psychotherapy, historically, the, the assumption has been that to be asexual or to not experience sexual attraction mm. is somehow pathological, mm-hmm. um, whereas to be sexual is normal. And we could even flip that and say, like, well, asexual people have got a more healthy attitude towards sex, which is to be really sceptical yeah. and to think, let's have the let's start from the default of not doing it. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe think about, do we want to do something else? Are going to be a more consensual position. Precisely. Um, and then the second caveat is actually even now, if you look at mainstream psychology, psychiatry, psychotherapy, now the consensus, you know, from all of the research is there's absolutely nothing wrong with being asexual. Yep. Asexual people are no less healthy. They have just as good relationships as anybody else. Mm-hmm. So there's just no evidence that asexuality it, it's a similar thing with the kink community like the research that's been yeah. done finds like there's no more trauma history or abuse history or anything in the lives of kink people or asexual people or, or bisexual people you know any of those marginalized sexuality groups yeah no more evidence for trauma than anybody else in the world no. um so that's got to be our kind of baseline of like yeah. it doesn't you know th- we should no more like be looking for it if you're ace than you should be looking for it if you're kinky than you should be looking for it if you're you know vanilla yeah. having standard sex whatever that is yeah yeah it's almost like ace phobia is the problem mj in society isn't it and yeah and mm. and in a sense that is a form of trauma so yeah. yeah if you're asexual you probably have experienced trauma like the one you'll have experienced is you know people not being okay with you being asexual yeah um but yeah like that's a that's a pretty different thing yeah yeah um and then so so those are our caveats and then of course still somebody might you know then still be interested to think okay i lack sexual attraction you know might that be something to do with trauma and i do kind of want to look into that and we want to yeah and we want to answer the question as well yeah exactly and that was the question um also we're saying now i suppose about the asexual spectrum as well because there is again asexual is a big umbrella yeah um, so it might be somebody who lacks sexual attraction or sexual desire. It might be somebody who is averse to sex and finds it really um, really negative. It mm-hmm. might be someone who feels fairly neutral about it. Mm. Demisexual people like sometimes experience sexual attraction. Grey A people, you know, maybe somewhere on a spectrum of asexuality. So, yeah, like... And some of that is relational as well, isn't it? Like if mm-hmm. uh, an ace person uh, is in a romantic relationship with someone who isn't ace or is further mm-hmm. uh, further away from the longer spectrum, then there might be some kind of consent conversation around to what extent, um, you know, what is sex and, yeah. you know... To, probably talk about that later but you know yeah. there is that kind of uh that that kind of uh, element there as well yeah so i mean i guess the first thing to say is you know sadly it's probably not as simple as like you could you know ask a really simple straightforward set of questions to yeah. determine whether your asexuality was 
some kind of natural feature of who you were versus down to some kind of traumatic life experience because as we always say we're biopsychosocial right yeah and you can't tease apart the nature and the nurture yeah and it's like it's all just um and what's also like what's the point yeah of trying to figure it out you know what's you know we are where we are now yeah in a sense. exactly um and all of us our life histories will have some bearing on our erotic selves now mm. what you know whether that's where we are on the asexual spectrum or what our fantasies and desires are and actually the evidence from people like jack marin that we talk about in yeah. the um erotic fantasy zine that we've written is that quite a lot of us you eroticize shameful and traumatic experiences so quite a lot of our erotic templates if we have them are going to be rooted in some traumatic stuff yeah um so you know it and just to say that you know if our sexuality is somehow rooted in some traumatic stuff that doesn't necessarily mean there's anything wrong with it in fact it's quite an amazing survival strategy that we seem to have to eroticize things that are difficult for us you know and turn them into something quite positive also just to to flip that around as well that people um might not have, might not realise that they've experienced trauma. You know, yeah. there might be something that they, or they might have remembered a trauma, but not remember, don't remember it as something which might traumatise them to do with uh, their sexuality or relationships or something. Well, that's right, because as well, you know, it may not be a sexual trauma that has an effect on our erotic template. You know, so like a lot of people yeah. experience bullying at school, for example, and yeah. will that will find its way into our sexual scripts, mm-hmm. whether that's that we don't want anywhere near anyone who's like bullying at all you know or that we eroticize being controlled a bit or bullied a bit yeah or we eroticize being the dominant or more bullying person because you know like flipping that dynamic becomes hot as a kind of way of surviving what we went through the important thing is it plays out for really different in really different ways for really different people um so and and yeah like again sexual trauma can play out in kind of leading us to not want to go anywhere near sex or it can lead us into really wanting to go you know to be sexual a lot or it can lead us to wanting to act to kind of act upon some of the things that happened to us in a non-consensual way in a consensual way in a kind of you know sort of healing what we went through and all of those are fine you know as responses to having been through sexual trauma yeah you know so even if you discovered that your asexual stuff was rooted in trauma to some extent that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it you no. know that's fine to still be asexual exactly <laughs> and that'd and be one of the reasons why you know? well that's the thing that we uh, uh we as like people-centered uh people uh it, it's about uh, <laughs> we people-centered people are people-centered we? people yeah we, but, we, but we do encourage people to be to be where where they are right? yeah we're, exactly. we're interested in people finding out where they are and um I think this question comes from uh, that it, it sounds like there is like a nagging sensation that it's something that they might want to work on, which again yeah. we'll talk about in a bit. But um, it's also um, if uh, if you are uh, ace because of trauma, then yeah, that's uh, we need fine. to and we need to normalise trauma. Like yeah. actually, how many of us escape trauma? Yeah. You know, and again, there can be this kind, these kind of ideas around trauma of like what's traumatic enough and like yeah. kind of hierarchies of a sense of somehow some forms of tra- trauma are worse than others. But no, yeah. if you, you know, like very few of us escape it because it's so, you know, again, like if, if Alex is right, that kind of a lot of the gender messages we receive a, a form of intergenerational trauma. So some of the sexual messages, like all of us are there, like mm. anyone who's marginalized in any way or oppressed is going to have gone through yeah 
racism, homophobia, you know, classism, whatever, those are forms of trauma. So many people are bullied at school, it's completely seen as normal. Yep. Very few families have zero trauma in them. So, yep. you know, to, to be traumatized to some extent is, is pretty much to be human. Yeah. Um, and it's obviously, there's a scale of it. And, you know, some people are gonna kind of be at such a level that they would maybe meet the criteria for developmental trauma yep. um, or, or trauma later in their lives. I would definitely recommend Alex's podcast on this. We've both listened to that, haven't really we? Really good. It's um, gender, yeah. Oh, the, oh, the one about, um, yeah, responding to trauma. Yeah, like it was oh, on the, so the PTSD gen- thing. Yeah, Gender oh. Stories podcast, um, yeah. the episode on uh, it's called Complex, Complex PTSD, PTSD or Developmental Trauma, the same thing. That was so interesting. Yeah, really, really good. That was uh, really, really good. So, yeah, friend of the show, Gender Stories, Alex, Dr. Alex Ian Taffy. It's uh, a wonderful podcast. Yeah. Um, they also have a Patreon. They do um, support it if yeah. you like Gender Stories because it's awesome. Um, so, yeah. we got the sense though that this this particular kind of trauma is related to something sexual yeah. like a sexual assault in the question yeah I so I guess it would be useful to maybe go through some signs yeah. that you might have some degree of of trauma I mean that's sexual trauma and sexual assault is also incredibly common as well so common so, yeah um, in childhood and adult, adulthood yeah, yeah. As, as me too is kind of bringing up is that so yeah. so few people really escape and yep. particularly so few women or femme people really escape this, yep. but also yep, lots, of, lots of men it happens to and often feeling they can't be open about it. So, yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, we talked about uh, traumas on uh, dealing with, tra- how to deal with trauma on a hookup. hookup before, yeah, we? like... And we talked. We certainly also talked about trauma responses at other times as well. But I guess, yeah, noticing if, if this is trauma and noticing your responses and how your body yeah. might react so if you if you found that whenever you've got into some kind of sexual situation or a specific one that any of these things have happened that would be a sign that it's that it may be trauma it may yeah. be sexual trauma or another kind of trauma dissociation you know is a classic one is when you feel kind of out of yourself or yeah. not really present again a lot of people dissociate during sex that's a really common uh, thing and to during do life and during well. life yeah exactly I mean, just, yeah yeah to not really be in your body for yeah. example to feel not present That's, not on the ground it's just... a really classic way of handling trauma the mm. the, the little uh, comic book trauma is really strange it's oh. very nice starting point to the literature on how trauma affects our bodies and brains okay and it's got a nice lot of stuff about dissociation but it also links you to like all of the kind of recent literature on trauma so it's a good starting point if you want to know more about this i read a good uh thing online the other day um, produced by havens the uh london sexual assault referral centers yeah they've got a nice booklet online um talking about uh trauma responses to sexual assaults and things yeah great um and with links to lots of useful resources the more you can know about it the better because again it normalizes that you know these are these are the ways our bodies and brains and it's really clever in a way that our bodies and brains have these survival strategies for trauma um the other the the fight flight fawn freeze they're the four f's aren't they yeah they keep adding f's i think there may be five now yeah Uh, fold fold might be one as well yeah, I think it's d- disassociation. Well, I think yeah. disassociation, it covers a couple of those, I think. Yeah. It's a broader term. But. but yeah, if you find your body, it's basically anything where you feel reactive is the yeah. word Alex often uses, I think, to this. You know, you feel yourself primed to kind of, yeah, fight or flight, that kind of like yeah. adrenaline feeling. 
that um, you know you need to push someone off or you need to run away or or that you freeze or that you find yourself going into the fawn which is the kind of appeasing yeah you know to survive of just like let's get through this mm-hmm. you know if you find yourself feeling like you know let's just let this happen and get through it because it's really unpleasant um, so I guess what we're saying here is is um, not to put yourself in a situation where you might react but to think about recent times when you have reacted if yeah. you can gently and it's and you're not going to have a reaction to your real reaction yeah like, because it's so easy to re-traumatize yourself with yeah. going through memories of this stuff and again we'll, we'll talk in a moment about some of the professional help and literature that might be helpful here but just if you you know if you remember that when you have gone near particular kinds of sexual encounter this has happened yeah that would be a sign that some trauma is involved yeah flashbacks would be another you yeah. know if you start having a sexual experience and you experience flashbacks of previous memories yeah or body responses. Mine is a, a kind of body twitch. Like I, I know that I'm kind of going near a trauma thing yeah. because I get this little body twitch. Yeah. And quite a lot of people will get that that sort of thing as well. Um, it, it, yeah. it, I guess we're lo- it's looking for useful information like data to kind of help them to yeah. figure out where they are. And it so it could be about um, it, it. It could be if you if you are able to kind of get into this, uh, dear listener. It could be. Um, is it because you're near on like a bed or in a particular uh is it in a particular room somewhere mm-hmm. or is it to do with like nudity is it just yeah. to do with being really close to someone is it uh someone's breath is it a particular kind of person that you're with is it a particular yeah. sensation it's like yeah. if you can do that but again you have to go really gently with that well yeah working with a therapist exactly and and luckily we live in a time where people get this a lot better yeah so i would be looking for a therapist who it said they were trauma informed on their website um the kind again the trauma is really strange book is good for some of the it's um oh there's there's books like the body keeps the score Mm -hmm. taming the tiger um the body when the body says no these are all kind of quite classic books now on this sort of trauma and body, yep. which, you know, that would be the kind of literature you'd be wanting your therapist to use. Uh, maybe techniques like EMDR is quite a good one mm-hmm. for trauma. So specialised, having those kind of specialised techniques that, at their fingertips to use. And, that, and, the, and a lot of the trauma therapies is about taking people, you know, really slowly, gradually, consensually, carefully, kindly back to memories but kind of uh the the literature i've read is sort of saying it's almost about taking those memories and putting them into long-term storage Mm. that for people when we've been through trauma it stays very live Mm. um you know the brain chemistry around this i'm not too sure but it's sort of like that it stays live in kind of the limbic system of the brain so that's why it feels so present and that's why it feels like it's happening right now and it's kind of about how do we put that stuff into long-term storage so you know the classic is people coming back from military service sure who, you know and and, if, and they hear a noise and it's like they're back you know they right. can they feel like someone's shooting at them like yeah. it, it feels so present so how do we kind of put that in the past and right. and these kinds of therapies are using what we know about the body and brain to put those things in the past yeah you know some some of the therapies involve like getting the body to shake like almost like shaking out right. the the trauma because that's what animals do Oh, and, and as humans we don't tend to do that and right. that's that's partly where my body twitches come from is it is a natural response to shake from trauma and an animal will just shake 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 yeah. and then kind of wander off like everything's fine but we don't do that so we kind of need to go back and do the shaking or something a useful episode for you to listen to here 
for you to listen to here, dear listener, is our Patreon episode on different kinds of therapy. Yeah. Because as you can hear here, we're not just talking about talking therapies, we're also talking about more somatic therapies yeah, as well. Yeah, somatic experiencing, and which is what Alex can, does, is yeah. really good for, for trauma. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but also, I guess we want to say here that it's also okay to not, like, yeah. Yeah, if, you do, if you are, if, if, the, if, dear listener, you are interested in trying to... Um, find an answer to the question is trauma is it trauma or is it ace then you could start am i ace you yeah. could um start by thinking well let's let's look at the trauma mm-hmm. but if you can't or don't want to or don't have the capacity or the resources to you don't have to i like this idea that i've come, a, a few people have introduced me to of like when when do we move towards things and when do we move away from them mm. so like when i discovered you know there's some trauma for me like my initial response is like let's find out how you deal with trauma and let's like you know do it all right now you know i mean you're one of the people who was saying to me like eh, slow down be, you know be, be gentle you know because i was sort of like Maybe. okay let's just like time travel back to all my really difficult memories and like put them all in long-term storage like yesterday um and that's not it that's not it doesn't work it's not good and like it's you know so the the, the first step is like when when is it safe enough to move towards something when is that a good idea and when is it a good idea to just move away from it yeah it's and hard isn't it it's hard to know yeah it's hard to know but i think you know erring on the side of caution is fine yeah and yeah if there's a if there's something that's a big trigger for you that's actually really quite easily avoided in life yeah you know and if that's sex you know you don't have to ever have sex yeah. you know that's fine or you don't ever have to have that kind of sex yeah you know, that's fine you don't have to move towards these things yeah. you know it's um really okay just not to I mean, again this is a brilliant thing about uh asexual activism as well is that you know it's just making it more and more okay for people to do yeah. that and for um you know it's 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 a counterbalance to the the sexual the, the imperative that we all have to have sex and we all have to be sexual people exactly and that's what's the problem, the problem. we shouldn't have that imperative it's yeah. like it should be fine to for people to you know have only the kind of sex that they want yeah. you know and and not have any kinds of sex i really like those zines on this there's two zines called fucked and then too fucked too furious which you can find online and they're lovely about criticizing you know sex positive spaces for this kind of continued like everyone should be having sex all the time you know like uh, they're talking about you know how do we navigate those kind of spaces yeah. when we're not like great we don't love sex we might be asexual or just in general have problems with sex and it's the the yeah. defaulting to doing it rather than not doing it yeah and it's shifted from sex negativity which is we mustn't do it to sex positivity which is we must do it yeah and we're just there's no that that this <laughs> just we've got to be have these other spaces in between those things and ideally get rid of both those things i think precisely and there's so many va- valid things that you can do without ever having sex with anybody right there's so many yeah. things that you know we love audrey lord on the erotic you know there's so many things that Book can shelf. be erotic <laughs> yeah. uh, grilled cheese sandwiches apparently oh yeah we had a whole grilled cheese moment <laughs> didn't we earlier sharing the grilled cheese yeah so yes um and and uh, yeah there's all sorts of things that are kind of like erotic experiences that don't involve other bodies like sharing erotic yeah. fan fiction that kind of thing so it's expanding, as, as we always I say, it's expanding good, yeah. our, our, our menu, like not necessarily going there, things that are super painful for us. But hopefully that sort of little 101 on the trauma might be helpful if, if you're thinking, actually, I would quite like to address this stuff, but just be super gentle with yourself around it, you know. A good thing here generally about um, 
asexuality is to uh, to do one of our first activities in our make your own sex user manual. Wait, what is it? It's make your own sex manual. <laughs> yeah. I remember things. Uh, which is to think of all of the different reasons why people have sex. Like write down all the 50 reasons why people yeah. might have sex and then answer the question, which of those can only be achieved from having sex? Yeah. And then thinking of all the ways in which you can get connection, excitement, yeah. breathlessness, intimacy... Uh, sweaty yeah uh, you know from lots of lots of other sources so yeah uh, and then for people who are allosexual people who are interested in sexual attraction and sex and experience sexual attraction might then go into sexual encounters in a more intentional and Mm. consensual and maybe leading to hoping uh, and they might get that what they want from sex so Mm. it might be better for them but also better for ace folk yeah, uh, because we're allowing people to experience all of these things that we get from the erotic that yeah. are not erotic, capital E erotic. Exactly, we've got to take you know sex off this pedestal of being the be all and end all, like for everybody. And that it's okay to take it off the table. Yeah. For like, and it's also up to you, dear listener, to, to what extent you want to take sex off the table and what that means to you as well. Yeah. And how long you want it to be off the table for. Uh, and it, like I said before, that could be forever, which yeah, is Yeah, or for uh, a while, fine. just or have a, a break from it so that you can start to think through some of this stuff. I guess, you know, we were, you, you rightly reminded me that we should kind of mention conversion therapy here because unfortunately we still live in a world where, which is so sexually imperative that even still, you know, some sex therapists, perhaps even most sex therapists, don't quite get that asexuality isn't something to be fixed. Yeah. And so, you know, if you did decide to engage with a professional, like the main screening question would be, you know, do you think asexuality is something that needs yeah. to be fixed? Like, don't go near them if they would say yeah. they did. Because the, the most recent memorandum of understanding of all of the psychological and therapy bodies on conversion therapy does include ace and says it That's is not good. okay. It is not okay yeah. to try and convert someone from being ace yeah. to being allosexual. Yeah. Not okay. Never should be done. No. Um, but that doesn't mean we can't address sexual trauma, but that should not be with the aim of making somebody sexual. Yeah. You know, it's like, if there's some trauma there, absolutely address it. But still, you know, not the aim is not to make someone sexual. I think the aim of what we want to do here yeah. is for someone to feel okay with being ace if they... Yeah. If they want to, whether or not trauma yeah. is involved, yeah, exactly, and yeah. That, and yeah, as we said before, it's not you can't easily um, unpack those anyway. Yeah, so you can't easily uh, your relationship with trauma is your own. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's have we gone through our list here? I think we're good. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, obviously, if anyone has follow up questions about asexuality or trauma, we'd also be help- happy to address those on the podcast. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Definitely. We thought that was going to go long. It's like it's fine. Nice you know, little brevity. Like a nice half hour one. Cool. Um, if you uh, yeah do um, let us know and get in touch if you have any other questions and um, if. Um, we've asked our patrons if there's anything that they'd like us to do for patron specials so mm-hmm. if you want to get involved in that conversation head on over to our Patreon page patreon.com forward slash, forward slash Meg, John and Justin um, also uh, the publications that we've mentioned during today's show can all be found at our website megjohnandjustin.com forward mm. slash publications the bargain price of £2.50 yeah the yeah. the zines and our book is available in shops that yeah, like uh, four or five quid nothing yeah it's cheap at Amazon at the moment cheap but, as chips. I mean don't buy things from Amazon but um, mm. 
go to uh, you know maybe there's a dusty bookshop that oh your of, local indie yeah. somewhere like Category Is Books in Glasgow they're always yeah. like picking up our stuff or yeah World, I think they have it yeah. Yeah, ask them if they want to put on an event and have me and Megatron show up. And, Hell yeah, you know, we'll do a workshop. We'll do that. Yeah, yeah, we can come and do a workshop with your local indie bookshop. Hell yeah, that'd be um, great. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, please buy a book. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can not, buy it on your Kindle and then nobody knows you're reading it. Like, yeah. at the moment, I'm not even like expecting to like, <laughs> earn a lot of money from it, but it would just be like, it'll be, it'll be just nice, wouldn't it? Because we haven't made any money. No, we got paid out quite small advance to write it, and then we uh, we haven't made enough money for us to be earning any royalties. Yeah, yet. whatsoever. That's that's a shame. <laughs> How many times are we going to have this rant at the end of a podcast? I don't know. I think once every People four like is it. fine. People like it. It's familiar <laughs> to them. <laughs> yeah. I can hear thousands of listeners turning off yeah, right exactly. now and I'm moaning about the book sales again yeah, yeah. yes we bloody are <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are yeah anyway so um, that's the and we're, we're our, our social media that we we use the most is um, Twitter. Twitter at Meg John Justin yeah um, but yeah send we like emails as well so send us uh, emails yeah, via our Patreon page or via our website and so until next time until next time bye now bye